0: I think uh, moving forward, we're, we're not going to go back to everybody in the office all of the time. It's been incredibly successful. Uh, sometimes it's really good to be able to do a you know a physical round of applause to celebrate somebody that's been with the company for five years or who's passed an apprenticeship scheme. Or um, so I think what we'll probably end up doing is is a hybrid model. You know, you, you've got to be willing to travel, but it's a very pro- different proposition doing that. Once a month or twice a month versus every day, day in, day
1: out. On today's show, I'm joined by JC from Geocom, and it's an episode all about marketing with a world view that's not totally centric on London. This is Tech Talks, your twice weekly technology podcast with myself, David Savage, where we interview leaders and founders from across the sector and bring you some technology news. So, as mentioned, today's episode is, is not following the centric view that everything revolves around London and uh, appropriately enough this is going to be a no frills episode because I'm recording from a garden in Wales where it's currently 20 degrees would you believe it Uh, so staycations absolutely are the way forward Uh, and we're talking to a business based in Hull and one of the fastest growing businesses tech businesses in Yorkshire. So plenty there for regional businesses to think about, uh, plenty to work out how businesses also advertise and market themselves, but more importantly, create a link to their local communities. So lots here about local pride in business, uh, and we'll come on to that later on in the interview. And also some analogy about Alfred and Batman or Pepper Potts and Iron Man. Uh, but you'll have to listen to the interview to to understand how that makes sense so we'll hand over to it and i hope you enjoy the show as i said no frills uh, i'm on holiday at the moment so quick intro but we will be back with a full version of tech talks on friday so today we're joined by jc moore the chief marketing officer by uh, for geocom rather geocom world networks limited uh, you're joining us from leeds right
0: I am yes I'm I'm still remote working so while we're a hull based business um and I I normally have something of a commute uh, I'm still at home in Leeds at the moment
1: Well it's fun to have to have a business from Yorkshire on the show I I should be really transparent and say that my grandma uh, was from Grimsby so I was always quite mean about Hull growing up So I suppose <laughs> this this should be some kind of therapy to to kind of re-educate me that Hull is Hull is a wonderful place It is indeed a wonderful place yeah you were mentioning before you hit record that you've spoken about moths on the Jeremy Vine show before. So I'm expecting this to be to be pro if you've done live radio.
0: Um, yeah. I, I, I hopefully um know a little bit more about uh, technology and geocom than uh, than about moths. But yeah. Well
1: look, if you've got I mean, asked to be on the radio to talk about moths, you, you can't be a novice, right?
0: Well, no, at the time I was working um as the marketing director for a dry cleaning company and and it was a really uh, big concern and quite a seasonal concern. So yeah, it was uh, something of a different part of my career a number of years ago.
1: (laughs) So look, before we get into anything else, uh, why don't you introduce us to Geocom for anyone who's not familiar with the business?
0: I have found that the best way to explain who Geocom are is actually to start with our customers. So Mm -hmm. your listeners will have cross paths with Geocom customers they are the outsourced it folks that look after businesses technology needs so the company who manage software and infrastructure projects like you know transitioning from on premise to the cloud or interestingly and more more recently helping everybody get up and running with remote working all of a sudden and uh, and getting all of that cloud software in So we think of them very much as the superheroes of industry. So there's tens of thousands of them all the way across um, the UK supporting business and technology transformation. And they're kind of the backbone, if you like, that drives success and, quite importantly, prevents failure uh, Mm -hmm. for businesses right across the country. So that's who they are. We like to think of ourselves as the invisible support that stands behind those superheroes, so the Alfred to Batman, or if you like, um, in a slightly more tech-enabled version, the Pepper Potts to Stark in Iron Man. So our job is to make sure they can serve and delight their customers. So remove headaches, streamline processes, basically make sure they have what they need when they need it. So fundamentally, we're a cloud services distributor. Um, and we help our customers to really build a an IT cloud services offering that's usually centered around the Microsoft stack. So it almost certainly starts with Seat. So Microsoft 365 with kind of Office, Teams, um, Excel. Uh, But we also have complementary products that sit around that. So security, backup, cloud telephony. And our customers can get access to all of that world-class technology, but from one place, rather than having to deal with kind of multiple vendors. Um, And we try and make that as simple and easy for them as possible so we have a cloud market which is basically a portal that we've developed proprietary software that we've kind of pulled together to try and make it easy so integrations simple ui effectively all of our business is about helping our customers to grow because we don't sell direct to end users so fundamentally our success is really If they grow and we give them the tools to grow and we help them be more efficient and effective, then we grow. It's working all right so far. We're not doing bad.
1: I I like the um, Batman and Alfred analogy, although the the kind of the the geek inside me is like, oh, is it more Michael Goff or Michael Caine?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So quite often we we use that, but we're helping to kind of bring new people into the team. We talk about the services that we provide as kind of the tool belt and different things in the toolkit that helps our customers really go out and be superheroes. How are we saving them time? How are we streamlining things? And it, sometimes a story or an analogy really helps people to understand that a little bit better.
1: Look, at the start of this conversation, you mentioned that you're working remotely, you're based in Leeds, but the business is based in Hull. You are a business that's very proud of being a regional business. Um, and the accolades that the business has, has, has picked up over the last few years, you know, Yorkshire's fastest growing tech business or business, um, maybe you can correct me on that, but rightly proud of, of of that recognition. I suppose though, the last six months has put a very different, or, or, or it would cause you to look at that through a different prism, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, we are 100% incredibly proud of our roots in Hull. So uh, we were established in Hull in 1999. We've actually been going for quite a long time But yeah, the regional thing is a really interesting question in a post-COVID world. Uh, So we are Yorkshire's fastest growing business, actually. So that's the business inside of one. No, no, not just tech. Um, Actually, this weekend as well, we we, um, were recognized nationally again um, uh, for the fourth year running in the Sunday Times Tech Track 100, which is like their technology businesses, Mm -hmm. fastest growing in the UK, which... Um, we are also incredibly proud of because that one gets harder every year. But yeah, it's interesting. We've never considered um, not being Hull-based. We were in quite a lucky position, I guess, because of the nature of what we do. Um, We already had a model that didn't really require a lot of personal face-to-face interaction to provide a great service to our customers. So from a connecting with customers point of view, we were set up really well.
1: Um, I, and- let me jump in here because w- one thing that you did explain yesterday is, whilst that is entirely true, actually internally you liked to be in person because you liked to be able yeah. to collaborate. Which so you you have had to go through that challenge and change internally and still maintain that level of service, right, regardless of whether or not you're in front of customers.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. So one of the strengths of our business was. Um, and is a really connected team that work together to support our customers to try and be kind of one personality that collectively makes Alfred, if you like. And mm-hmm. um, so we we were actually over two floors in our office space, but we made a really conscious decision to to remodel as we grew to keep everybody's office desks on one floor and to use the top floor for kind of meetings and collaboration and drop-in spaces and things like that, because actually that being able to walk across to the team that's technical support and ask them a question, walk across to the development team who look after um, our cloud marketplace and, you know, talk to them about a particular customer journey and what we might be able to do to improve it. really important to kind of who we are. So we have absolutely had to adapt through lockdown and learn a lot through lockdown in terms of how we keep that, um, that team collaboration, that sense of belonging, that feeling like you're happy to go the extra mile for Geocom and your customers because you belong. Um, that took a lot of thinking about actually and, and quite a lot of hard work.
1: Out of interest, to, to help fuel that growth, I suppose access to talent is always going to be an issue. Maybe not a prohibitive one, but it's always going to be a challenge for a regional business as opposed to maybe a business that's based in the Southeast. And I'm trying to work out whether it's a positive thing, what we're going through now, or actually entrenching that challenge. Because if I think about my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law works in technology, and all of a sudden he's thinking that he can keep his London job but work anywhere in the country. I suppose at the same point in time, people might go, well, I'm not so tied to the Southeast. But then do they immediately think, well, but let's have a look what businesses there are in the area that I'm moving to, because they might not have to think in those terms anymore. Have the business kind of figured out how people are responding to that? Do they want to be, do you think they still want to have some proximity to to their working environment?
0: My personal view is that people still want to have a level of proximity but it's probably expanded geographically so I think uh, moving forward we're we're not going to go back to everybody in the office all of the time it's worked really well for us it's been incredibly successful Um, but you know for some things like um, particularly kind of brainstorming sessions or full um, all hands team meetings uh sometimes it's really good to be able to do a you know a physical round of applause to celebrate somebody that's been with the company for 5 years or who's passed an apprenticeship scheme or um so i think what we'll probably end up doing is is a hybrid model where uh people have options depending on what they want to do but there are some kind of full team meetings uh that happen in the office and on site Um, And and for that to happen, you know, you've got to be willing to travel a particular distance to be able to go to those things. But it's a very different proposition doing that once a month or twice a month versus every day, day in, day out. So, yeah, I think it broadens the geographic reach uh, and it really depends on people's willingness to do that travel on those on those days where it's it's required so we have just hired a, a new product manager actually and I think other than me he's the only member of the business that lives in West Yorkshire rather than East Yorkshire. right. Um, and part of his consideration he's not as far across as I am so uh, he's he's sort of halfway between. but um, but part of his consideration was absolutely it's too far for every day. But it's absolutely fine a day a week, a couple of days a week to stay connected with the team.
1: Do you you think that the opportunity is less actually from a people point of view and more from a perception point of view that I suppose funding doesn't have to necessarily go to companies in the southeast because what does it really matter where a company is? I suppose the whole mechanics of the marketplace might change slightly and then people might perceive that businesses that aren't based in London are more competitive.
0: I think it well I so that's really where I see the opportunity opening up. There there are still some businesses who want a local provider, who want somebody that's just down the road that can uh that can pop in, that can meet, that can have a conversation. I mean to be perfectly transparent when we were selecting our PR agency who are the guys that you spoke to to set up this meeting, one of the considerations was should we do should we have somebody locally? Or are we happy to work with somebody that's got a little bit more distance and and, and deal with the travel? And actually, on this occasion, we, we were happy that we would work remote, effectively remotely. Um, but, you know, we make those decisions as a business when we're considering suppliers. And we mm. are, you know, pioneers of, champions of, advocates for remote working. Selling that software is fundamentally what we do. Um, so you've got to imagine that other businesses when they're looking for a provider or a partner are going to have the same sorts of things in mind
1: now one thing about perception well I'd be very interested to see what your thoughts are on this as, as, as the uh, CMO you are now sponsoring whole City FC we are what tangible benefits are there to to a business of having your brand on a football shirt because some people might perceive that as a bit of a vanity project right
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, So clearly I've been making this case a little bit um, (laughs) (laughs) over the past few weeks and months. Um, And listen, part of this is about being open to opportunities when they come up and thinking about what's possible in a post-COVID, post-lockdown world that might not have been otherwise. So um, we wouldn't have been considering sponsorship. We were considering what we could do in terms of raising the profile of the brand and helping um, to reach our target audience and promoting our brand locally. But we hadn't considered a partnership um, or a sports sponsorship to do that. But it came up as an opportunity. And it wouldn't have been for us if there wasn't the uncertainty around sports and lockdown and so on and so forth. But we looked at it and then we considered what the benefits were. And there are definitely some local benefits. So uh, our presence in the region as an employer, people knowing who we are, uh, wanting to work with us and and for us and be part of our local success is really important. And... um, as somebody that, that, that works for a, a recruitment agency, you not, might not like this particular tangible benefit, but recruiting directly rather than through agencies does have oh, actually hey, a no, commercial no, return. No, With
1: are the, the devil's born. If you can avoid us, do it. No.
0: <laughs> um, so, so there's that element. There's also, um, we are part of being a great place to work is uh, giving back to the local community and having some CSR mm-hmm. programs. Our team tell us that quite regularly. And there's a real opportunity to work collaboratively with other partners of the club and the club itself to think about what we can do to have greater impact working together in that area. So from an employee engagement point of view, there's some quite good benefits there as well. Uh, In terms of national brand awareness, that's kind of down to how well I do my job. Fundamentally, so there is um there is an affinity within our customer base for both football and actually gaming. So one of the cool things that you get as uh, as a shirt sponsor is uh, your your logo appears on FIFA if somebody chooses to play as your team. So we quite like that one. So there is an affinity, but really it'll be about how well we take the story of what we do locally, and kind of amplify that and tell that story to a, a national audience. So to customers and prospective customers. Um, and basically connect with them in a way that supports, helps them understand who Giacom are and what we do, and connects with them on a mo- mm. yeah, ideally on an emotional level. No,
1: so I, I can tell totally We support that. local
0: but we support IT businesses and we support Hull City. Supporting is fundamentally what we do. So there's some good resonance there.
1: Yeah. And and people taking pride in their workplace is an important motivator, right? And look, I'm, I'm a football fan, I'm from Newcastle. I pine for the days that Newcastle had local sponsorship in either the Scottish Newcastle breweries or Northern Rock as opposed to a Chinese betting firm, to be perfectly honest. so
0: Yeah, um, and to be honest, the supporters' reaction has been phenomenal, both the fact that finally after I don't know how many years, the kids' shirts can actually look the same as the team because it's not a betting company, um, and also the fact that it's a, it's a local Business,
1: yeah. Well, the local club
0: has had a very. I've reaction. avoided.
1: I've avoided buying Newcastle shirts, on two fronts. One of which is it's Mike Ashley in Sports Direct, and you don't need to go into much more about that. But equally, having a having a Chinese betting firm is not something that I necessarily want to get behind. But a local firm, I can I can really understand that. So I think there's a nice story there. Look before we before we wrap up, I did want to talk to you very quickly because you, you've, we've talked about the fact that the the team is very important to you. Obviously, it's harder to maintain that dynamic. When you're not all together and you talked about it's lovely being in an office and being able to applaud uh, as a group what have you put in place to engender that team spirit and that environment even if you can't be sat next to each other
0: uh, so quite a lot actually we, we've worked pretty hard on this and um, through lockdown so so we've done some We've stepped up our formal comms is the first thing, um, particularly to start with when there was a lot of uncertainty, but that's carried on. So as well as having kind of monthly um, business update meetings that our CEO Mike does, um, we've also do kind of a written weekly update of how's trading been, what's happening, is there any news about, you know, are, are people working remotely, what's the expectation, just to try and provide as much certainty as possible. And those are always done through, um, plug Microsoft Teams, because that allows people to kind of comment on it, it allows them to vote, thumbs up, it allows them, if they want to, to direct message me if they don't want to put something kind of on the public forum and go, ooh, don't know what this is all about, I'm feeling a bit unsure about this. Um, And we we get a lot of kind of two-way collaboration through that, so Mm. the formal comms are important. But we also found that it was really quite critical to have those kind of informal discussions happening as well. Um, so we we established Hangouts. So there's a Geocom Hangout that people could just message and say, hey, I'm in the Hangouts, and want to have a quick coffee. And we very much encouraged that um, just to talk to people that you might not be in regular meetings with, but who you normally see at the coffee machine or the water cooler or whatever, um, and, you know, to start with, my team, the marketing team, we having like a daily half an hour catch up first thing, um, which was not to talk about work and what we were doing. It was literally just to see other people and have conversations and, you know, check in and make sure everybody was OK. That kind of then went down to a couple of times a week. And, and now it's like a once a week thing. But, you know, different people have found different models that work for them. Hmm. We've also done some quite fun stuff. So we've done some group challenges. Um, so we, we've got a well-being, a well-being group with some mental health officers um, who have put out some challenges. Like It actually started out as a running challenge. Who could do the most, um, cover the most kilometres over a month? But then some people kind of came on board and went, oh, hang on a minute. I cycle, I don't run. Can we do it an, as a cycling challenge instead? So we ended up with two tracks, with a running
1: one and a cycling That's less one. inclusive. You need you need a bike.
0: Well, <laughs> so we ended up running and cycling, and people were right. chasing other people down, and you know somebody'd post their miles, and you could see that they'd done it. So that meant you had to go out for a run or a cycle. And then uh, it was a charity contribution for the the two, the runner and the cycler, that um, – that did the most over the period. So that's quite fun. Um, And then every week we have a quiz. So uh, our CEO, Mike, actually uh, runs a themed quiz for anybody in the organization that wants to join once a week. uh, It's really quite good fun. He started off um, with a silly hat that went with the theme, um, which was fine for week one. It started getting a little bit more challenging as we did more and more and more weeks. So he's now totally exhausted the amazon supply and is onto alternative suppliers of really ridiculous hats but we have some uh, some quite good banter around that as well so you know it's it's about trying to keep the culture of the business and listen we have definitely seen like a lot of businesses productivity going up but that doesn't mean that people are supposed to not have human conversations. Those human conversations are sometimes the most productive part of the day. And, you know, it's really important for people to enjoy working for the company, feel invested in Geocom, know that we genuinely care about them as, as people. Um, so, you know, hopefully that has come across through through, well, before lockdown, one would hope, but even yeah. more so as as we've gone through it, looking after the team was number one, then looking after our customers and really thinking about what we could do to support them through a massive period of upheaval was uh, was a very close number two.
1: Well, look, it's been fascinating to talk to you this morning. It's it really interesting to see how the pandemic's affected your thinking as well around marketing. So I appreciate your time hugely, uh, so th- thanks for that. And fingers crossed it goes well. And, yeah, I, I might even start looking out for Hull City results uh, to see how the club's do.
0: <laughs> well, they're playing tonight, so uh, that's quite fun. But we uh, we just found out that the the second round draw in the Carabao Cup is against Leeds, so that one's going to cause some interesting uh Some interesting conflicts for a couple of Leeds supporters uh, within the (laughs) business.
1: Might have to put aside tribal loyalties for one night.
0: Oh, yeah. come all the way. (laughs) Tigers. Thanks, Katie. Thanks so much.
1: Just to mention, of course, um, Hull did actually beat Leeds it's mentioned in the interview that they are about to play each other. I spent the evening actually with a Leeds United fan who lives around the corner who uh, was frantically checking his phone every 20 seconds and uh, wasn't, wasn't too happy. But wonderful result for Geocon, wonderful result for JC. Uh, I hope the business enjoyed that. And we'll have to see how they get on in the next round. Anyway, we're uh, back on Friday, as I said, with a full show. And uh, enjoy the rest of your week.